Well, good morning. It is good to worship the Lord of Lords, the God of creation, and it's been a blessing, I know, for me to be here to worship with you this morning already. And I'm looking forward to what God is going to have for us this morning as we look at our, our uh, existence statement. How about that? Our existence statement um, uh, that we've been talking about over the last several weeks. Uh, we, we've covered why we exist here at Southside as, as believers. Why is it? What's our purpose? Why, why do we gather together? What's the reason behind what we do? It's important for us to understand that as we move forward, and especially at the beginning of a new year, this is an important thing to talk about. So we can, we can put the year in, in perspective of, of what are we going to accomplish in the coming months of 2015. And so we've, we've looked each week at our, our existence statement, and that is this. We exist to glorify God by making and maturing biblical disciples. Okay, we exist to glorify God by making and maturing biblical disciples. So we started off a couple of weeks ago looking at the first part. We exist to glorify God, and, and we glorify God as, as being uh, his image bearer, as being the one he has created in his own image, and, and he kind of has expectations for us in how we behave and the things that we do as his disciples. And, and so uh, through humility is one of those ways that we talked about. Through being humble is one of the ways that we, we glorify God individually. But then collectively, as a body, we also glorify God by making disciples, by reproducing ourselves and creating new Christ followers, new Christians. And where, when we looked at glorifying God, we saw that we were image bearers of the Creator. We see as disciple makers, we are also name bearers of our teacher, the Christ, Jesus himself. And so this week... We're going to turn our attention to the last part, by making and maturing biblical disciples. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20, is where we find this concept of making and maturing disciples. And we've read that each week, but I think it's worthy to read again this week. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So that part in there, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, that is the maturing biblical disciples. So the focus of maturing disciples is actually on obeying the commands of Jesus. These commands and these teachings are found uh, within the Gospels, and they never go out of style. I was thinking about this week. Uh, the world sometimes wants us to think that Jesus' teachings in the Bible is antiquated. It's out of style. It's outdated. We don't, it's not relevant to our time and our culture. And yet, what does Jesus say? He says, do these things, and I am with you. And do these things even until the end of the age, even until he comes to take us home with him. These commands, these teachings of Jesus never go out of style. You know, the teachings of Jesus were different than many of the teachers of his day. Uh, his, teach, his teaching was not just theoretical. It wasn't just theological. It wasn't philosophical. Excuse me. It wasn't just ideas. Okay? The things that Jesus taught was about content to be lived out, to be obeyed. Jesus taught his disciples a new way of life, not just a pattern of beliefs or a set of rules to be followed. 
most of the teachers of that day, they argued philosophically. Okay, they taught these grand ideas. And they, they argued about rules and interpretations of rules and passages from old scriptures. But Jesus taught them that if you love me, you will do what I command you to do. The other thing about Jesus' teaching that's unique is that they came with a promise. They came with a promise that other teachers couldn't make. Or they might be able to make them, but they couldn't fulfill them. And that is that he promised that as his disciples carried out his commands, that he would be with them. That he himself would be there with them. And right here in this passage it says that, Lo, I am with you always, always. As my disciple makers, I am with you. And we know that it isn't just Jesus himself, but that he also promised to send them someone to help them out. The Holy Spirit to reside within their hearts, to provide them with the skills and the, and the abilities and the, and the giftedness to carry out this command that he had given them to make immature disciples. He empowered them through their spirit. And the crazy thing about it is he didn't just empower them, he empowered their message. He inhabits his message. His very word has power to mature disciples. And that's pretty incredible. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul talks about what the goal is in maturing biblical disciples. And so we're going to read that this morning. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And he gave some as apostles, <coughs> excuse me, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ." from whom the whole body, being fitted together and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, it causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. (coughs) From this passage, we can discover a few uh, traits of what a maturing disciple is. And I, I love this passage. We could spend weeks actually unpacking it. But in here, there are a few traits of what a maturing disciple is. Someone who's growing in their faith. Someone who is saying, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at right now. I want to become more and more like Jesus. And though I may be mature, there's more for me to grow in. Or maybe I'm not yet mature and I desire to achieve that. In this passage, we can see some things. So I'm going to point those out. Let's see. First one is this. Uh, A mature... uh, (coughs) Excuse me. Wow. (coughs) Excuse me. A maturing disciple is a part of the body. Okay, a maturing disciple is a part of the body. In verse 12 there of Ephesians chapter uh, 4, it says, For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Okay, so he's encouraging the churches and the leaders of the churches that the purpose of maturing disciples is for the building up of the body in Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, it says this, You also like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God 
through Jesus Christ. He compares us as disciples to stones and saying these stones that that we are all part of, we are individually stones, are being put together as we grow to become a spiritual house. We are the body. In Romans chapter 12, verse 5, it says, So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the others. A maturing believer is part of something bigger than just themselves. It's a lot like a team. In, in football, no individual player is more important than the whole team. It's all of the players working together that accomplishes something that's positive. As believers, individually, we can do good things for Jesus. We can. There's no doubt about that. Well, you can go out and you can share your faith and you can win souls to Jesus. But much more effectively, it takes place when, when we work together as a team, as a body. So how committed are you to being part of the body? That's my question for you this morning. How committed are you to attending the fellowship of the saints? The gathering of the disciples. Is this gathering as a body more important to you than the daily going on of your life? Is coming to church, to a worship service, more important than bagging that Boone and Crockett buck? Is being here this morning more important than being a great 12th man and rooting on your Seahawks? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Don't mean to step on Ito's. Right? Is it more important to you than catching up on a few Z's that you missed out on because you went to bed late last night? Is this a priority? Because the Bible tells us that you're a part of something very special. You're a part of the church, the bride of Christ. And that's important for you to be connected to that body for all of our sakes. Not just yours, but mine as well. And everybody else that's seated around you this morning. Being part of something is pretty special. And we have the opportunity to make a huge impact on our community. And we'll do, do it more effectively if we're committed to being part of the body. You know, church attendance isn't a measuring stick of your faith. It isn't. Okay? Sometimes as a, as a pastor, we like to encourage people to come to church because we like seeing that number each week grow. But your church attendance isn't necessarily what determines whether you're a healthy believer. But it gives us a glimpse into your priorities. It can be a little bit of a, of a test to see how committed you are to Jesus himself. Being part of a body is more than just church attendance. Another way that you can be a part of the body here at Southside, Doug mentioned just a, just a few minutes ago, you can be a part of the body by being a part of a home group. And that's a great opportunity. I can tell you that I always, in in all the churches that I've been a part of, the ones that I've felt the closest to are the ones that I've been involved in a home group in or some sort of small group, small group Bible study, discipleship relationships, uh, mentoring relationships. Those are the type of things that it means when we're part of the body. So I challenge you this morning, just like Doug challenged you, become part of a home group. That's part of being connected to the body. And next one. A maturing disciple is committed to unity. <coughs> Excuse me. A maturing disciple is committed to unity. In verse 13, it says, until we attain, of chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, it says, until we obtain, attain to the unity of the faith. 
Okay, we're supposed to grow and attain unity. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 2, it says, Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and of one mind. Okay, again, the Apostle Paul is calling us to being together, to being united. Okay, and not just as part of the body now, but in our minds, in our hearts, being united together. Okay, being connected. Having the same purpose, the same love, the same hope. And Ephesians 4, 3, being diligent. Be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You know, Jesus knows His people. He knows us. He knows our hearts. <coughs> he created us. He knows us best. And so before He left this earth in John chapter 17, which we read this fall, He prays for us. And He says, Father, may they be one. As you and I are one, may they be one. Why did he pray that we would be one? Because he knew. He knew that we wouldn't, right? He knew that we would let our personal preferences get in the way of our unity. Are you committed to promoting unity in this body? Are your preferences more important than being one as a church? Are you easily offended by style choices, what people wear, how they say something? the kind of songs that are sung. Jesus himself prayed for us because he knew that those things would get in the way of our unity. So the challenge as a maturing disciple is are we going to put the health of the church above our own self? Are we going to let some things slide because they really are inconsequential? And I'm not saying we don't stand for truth or we uh, fight against false doctrine. I'm not talking about that type of stuff. I'm talking about those preferences, right? And I've preached about this before. And why do I mention it? Because guess what happens? Each and every week we hear of something from somebody who's complaining about something that really doesn't matter. And it's tough not to just respond when those things happen with, what about the people who are dying without Jesus? What about the people who are addicted to drugs and and other uh, forms of addiction in this community that need our help. And we're focusing so much attention on the color of paint that we paint the walls. It's heartbreaking. Let's be committed to unity. And let's let our preferences just remain preferences. Here's another one. A maturing disciple is strong in their knowledge of Scripture. In Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14... There's a really, it's kind of an interesting passage here because uh, the author of the Hebrews, we're not sure exactly who wrote, some people think it's Paul, maybe some of the other apostles, <clears throat> but in Hebrews 5, it kind of is written with a little bit of sarcasm involved. And it's kind of written uh, maybe even with a little bit of a frustrated tone to it. So I'm reading this just because of a point that it has to make, not because I'm upset with Treva. Okay, I just wanted you to know. All right. In verse 11, we have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer even try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good 
from evil. And are we going to be stuck as children of the faith in our knowledge of Jesus? Are we going to constantly require milk to appease our, our, our uh, desires? Or can we move on to solid food? Can we move, move on to the meat, to the heart of the issue? That's what I want. Hopefully that's what you want too. As I grow, I want to become more and more knowledgeable so that I can understand greater and greater things in Christ. A mark of a maturing disciple is someone who seeks out the Scripture, who grows in their knowledge of Jesus. So here's my question. How are you increasing in your knowledge of the Scripture? Do you take time to study God's Word? Or is Sunday morning your opportunity? You know, uh, in the past, there's been times when I've been fairly prideful of my own knowledge. (coughs) Excuse me. I've been prideful of my own maturing, uh, times of maturing. And in those times, I can look back and I can see that there were times when that revolved around Sunday morning. I was pretty proud of my attendance and that I went to church every week and I worshipped God for 25 minutes a week and I tried to listen to a sermon for another 30 but most of the time my morning went something like this as the preacher got up to preach man that's a good point I'm going to write that down well what am I going to do for lunch today I think I had pizza last week maybe we'll go have tacos today oh well that what did he say okay now I got to pay attention right I, I do that I, I was prideful in my learning and my my attendance on Sunday morning but all I was doing was listening to a few words. I wasn't spending time being committed to learning the Scriptures. I wasn't committed to learning about Jesus. And I wonder if we would go back 2,000 years and we talked to Peter, or we talked to Paul, and we said, uh, and they asked us, are you a disciple of Jesus? We'd say, yeah, I'm a disciple of Jesus. Don't you just love Jesus? Well, how are you learning about Him? Well, I, I hear a sermon each week. A sermon. How long is that sermon? Well, on good weeks, it's 20. Bad weeks, it's 35. Right? These men left everything. They left everything to be a disciple. What are we doing to learn about Jesus? You know, at Southside, there are ample opportunities to increase in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. We have Bible studies on Sunday mornings. We have Bible studies through the week. We have discipling groups. We have home groups. Man, you catch something? Home groups? You know you can learn in home groups. That's one of my favorite parts of home groups is the learning, the reading of the scriptures. It's an opportunity to learn. We have personal study. In fact, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more in just a bit about uh, a new area that we have out in the lobby called our Spiritual Fitness Center. There's opportunities there for you to increase in your knowledge of Jesus Christ. Here's the next one. A maturing disciple does all things in love. Does all things in love. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. Those are great things. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, 
Okay, I love this because those are amazing things. All of those things that were just mentioned uh, of compassion and kindness and humility, those are amazing things. Gentleness and patience, forgiveness. Those are great virtues. But above all of them, what do we do? We put on love. Because love binds them together in perfect what? Unity. It binds us together. Do you catch some of these things reinforcing each other as we are part of the body? We're connected. As we we strive for unity, we're connected. As we practice love, we're connected. A maturing disciple is connected. In Galatians chapter 5, you know, I, it's been a while since I've taken a class in Greek. Uh, I, I remember a little bit, and I have some good study tools that I use. But uh, I, I don't know how accurate this statement is. I like it. Um, I need to research it further someday. But some people teach in Galatians chapter 5 when it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, that there's a, a colon after that, right? Not a, not a comma, a colon. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And then the rest of the fruit of the Spirit are ways that we love. I don't know, again, if that's exactly accurate, but I love that idea that the fruit of the Spirit is love. We practice that through our joy, our peace, our patience, our kindness, our goodness, our faithfulness, our self-control and gentleness. Because there's no, there's no law against those things. A maturing disciple does all things in love. And I tell you what, a lot of our problems in the church would disappear if we practice this. If we love one another, if we love each other more than I love myself, then that unity problem that we were talking about, it isn't a problem. Last one this morning. (coughs) Excuse me. A maturing disciple is spiritually fit. Okay, This this ties back to what I was just mentioning a a few moments ago. Spiritual fitness. A maturing disciple is spiritually fit. The process of becoming spiritually mature and growing in Jesus, it's very comparable to the process of becoming physically fit. It takes discipline. It isn't easy. It, it takes time and, and effort and, and, and energy. It takes sacrifice. It takes accountability. But the dividends pay off huge in the end. Uh, the Southside staff has been working, uh, uh, providing resources and tools to assist you in becoming physically fit. In fact, that's why we all have our jobs. That's why we all entered the ministry, is to help people become spiritually fit. Spiritually fit. In the coming weeks, you're going to hear us talking more and more about being spiritually fit. In the entryway, in the lobby out there, there's one of those podium or uh, counters that is dedicated to spiritual fitness. And I'd like to encourage you guys in the coming weeks to stop by there and to see the different resources that are available. One of them that is out there this week is a sign-up list. And it's a sign-up list for a, for a program online called Right Now Media. And Right Now Media is, a, uh, is a, a site, a website that you go to, and it has Christian videos, sermons, and Bible studies, and encouraging videos, and, and books, and things like that that you can use Free. Okay, the church pays a little membership fee for the year, but it is accessible to all of us to use. And so if you remember a few years ago, we went through Crazy Love by Francis Chan. 
There's resources by Francis Chan on there by, about crazy love and the videos that are associated with that. Uh, the story has videos and things that, that we went, when we went through that Bible study, that right now has those available for you. So I'd encourage you to go by, sign up with your email address there, and we'll get you started. It's a great way for you to start practicing some spiritual disciplines of growing in Jesus to become spiritually fit. That isn't the only thing out there. There are Bible reading plans, discipleship books, um, and, and other resources. So in the coming weeks, there will be more and more things. So don't just stop by this week. Stop by next week and the week after and see what type of things are offered each week. I mentioned that those of us here on staff that are working on these things, the purpose, the, the reason that we do what we do is to help people mature as disciples and become spiritually fit. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 through 29, I'm going to end with, with, this, with this passage of Scripture. It's one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture. It's one that I've kind of adopted as my, my verse to um, drive my own personal ministry. But it kind of sums up the point of everything I'm trying to make here this morning. It says, We proclaim Him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. Another way we could say that is we may present every man a mature disciple. Verse 29, Paul says this, For this purpose I labor. Okay, labor isn't easy, right? It takes work. It takes effort. It takes sacrifice, like I mentioned earlier. For this purpose I labor. Striving according to his power, which works mightily within me. Let's be committed to becoming complete in Jesus as mature disciples. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be here this, this morning. And I thank you for another week to serve you, another opportunity to praise you, another chance to study your word. And I just pray, Father, that as your word touches our hearts, that you will motivate us to love you more and to grow in you more, to be united and just continue to learn each and every day. We love you, Father. We give you this week, and we can't wait to see what you're going to do with it as we serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we sing this uh, last song, I'd like to encourage you to, to, to do something with some, this message and do something with the words that we've talked about this morning. So I have a couple things for you. The first one is I'd like to encourage you to memorize Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. Okay, we have it right up here. Let's say it together. We haven't done this. We didn't do this last week, so let's make sure we do it this week. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3, 14. Okay, being spiritually mature, growing as a disciple, means pressing forward until we reach heaven then we get the opportunity to be perfect in Him and fully mature. Here's the next one. What are you doing to grow in Christ? I'd like you to consider joining a Bible study, a home group, a Sunday school class, or attending the next men's or women's breakfast. Take that step to do something. Consider these things. Next one. What is your work of service? Commit to serving Jesus through service to the church. Okay, a maturing disciple, I didn't talk about this this morning. I changed my, uh, one of my points a little bit. 
But the, the point is still the same. What are you doing to help others mature? You see, maturing disciples is two parts. One is me. I need to be a maturing disciple. And then I need to be a disciple that's helping others mature as well. So how can you serve? Commit to serving Jesus through service to the church. Contact a ministry leader at Southside to see where you can get involved. Okay, let's take these seriously. So during this song right here, I'd like to offer you the opportunity to respond to one of these things that we've talked about up here, one of our take-it-homes. The opportunity to respond through our, our giving of our resources to Jesus through our offering as the, as the uh, bags are passed. Uh, also, if, you, if you're interested in, in learning more about what it means to be spiritually fit, write that down on your communication card and drop it in the bag, and we'll contact you and help you to find a way that you can start that growth process.